Luke chapter 2, starting verse number 1, reading down through verse number 14. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Things haven't changed much. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore, they were very afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, uh, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. It's an amazing story. I'm sure maybe, maybe you've, you're familiar with the story. I don't know if it's your tradition uh, to read the Christmas story before you open gifts on Christmas Day, but we grew up, and I'm sure you all are aware of, and you've heard the Christmas story. If you haven't heard the Christmas story, you've, you've seen nativity scenes in your neighborhood. You've seen Christmas cards with a manger on it. He's the reason for the season kind of thing. We all are familiar with the Christmas story. It's not new to us. And so as I was reading this story for the past couple of weeks, I, I've been reading this story and, and trying not to take it for granted, and I noticed something as I was reading it. There's a part in the story that I thought was kind of, almost seems like unnecessary. And the part is, why do the angels have to go to the shepherds to tell them about the birth of Jesus? You guys ever thought about that? We kind of just skim over it, right? Well, it's the angels, they're doing their thing, and then off they go, you know? But why do they come in the first place? Why do the angels tell the shepherds? And if they were going to tell anybody, why shepherds? Why don't they go into the middle of the city, tell everybody in the city? They could have told hundreds, I don't know, maybe thousands of people. Tons of people were there. They're paying their taxes. Tons of people are in the city. Why didn't the angels go to them first? Why do they go to a few shepherds in the middle of nowhere and tell them, hey, uh, a, a king is born and his name is, his name is Emmanuel, his name is Jesus, and you guys should go see him. Why is that part even in there? It seems unnecessary. It doesn't really move the narrative of the birth of Jesus forward any, any, any much. It doesn't move it forward, really. It doesn't give us any more context to the birth of Jesus. So why is that part of the story in there? And this question kind of caught my eye this past time as I was reading it. And we see the answer to this. The answer is right in there. And the truth is, it doesn't really move forward the, the narrative too much, but it does give us very very important insight into why Jesus came. Look at verse number 10. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all 
people. So an angel appears to the shepherds, and the, the first thing it says is, don't be afraid. I come bearing good news. I come bearing joy for you. I am here. That All the angels wanted to do, all they wanted to do when they came to these shepherds, all they wanted to tell them was, there is hope in the world today. That's why they came. Why did, the shepherds, why did the angels come to the shepherds? Because they were telling the shepherds that the birth of Jesus represents hope. If the birth of Jesus represents anything this morning, it represents hope. It represents good news, good tidings of great joy. It represents that we have a Savior, that we have someone here on earth that came from God. We have good news. And this was coming at a time when there was little good news to be found. There was coming at a time when there wasn't too much good news. From this story, God is trying to tell us that the birth of Jesus represents hope. The Christmas story goes out of its way to tell us that. It brings up the, the shepherds and the angels. That's a, it's almost a side story of the birth of Jesus. You may, have, you may hear bad news this week. You may hear bad news on TV this week. You may hear bad news at work. You may hear bad news in your inbox, or you might get a text that gives you bad news. You might get some bad news from an individual this week, but the birth of Jesus is good news because it gives us hope. The birth of Jesus represents hope for us. If Christianity gives the world anything, and maybe you've wondered, why is Christianity in the world? What does it offer the world? If Christianity offers the world anything, it offers the world hope. Hope that Jesus has come to us. Not hope like we understand it today. The hope that Jesus gives us is a different kind of hope. It's not hope like if I was to say, I hope so, that essentially means, if you were to say, I hope so, it means, well, I don't really know what's going to happen, but I hope something good happens. That's what we think of when we think of the word hope, right? You say, I, I hope I hope I get that promotion. You don't know, but you kind of, I, I, you're, you're worried. I don't know if I'm going to get it. So let me know. I need to hear from some of you kids. How many of you kids have a Christmas list? You can raise your hands. You can yell. You can scream. I'll allow that right now. Some of you guys, you guys have a Christmas list. And on that Christmas list, you guys have all the stuff that you want from Santa or your parents or whoever. You have all this stuff on there. Maybe you have a new bike. I remember when I was a kid, I had a Nintendo 64. I had a Lamborghini. I had all kinds of stuff when I was a kid on my Christmas list. And so on Christmas Day, some of you parents know this. On Christmas Day, your, your kids, they come into your room. They're all excited. This is the only day out of the entire year they get up early. And so you, have, you always have to beg them to get up in time for school. But now they're actually up early, jumping onto your bed. They're asking you, hey, mom, hey, dad, get up. It's time to go to the Christmas tree. We're going to open up Christmas presents because you're hoping, all you kids know, you're hoping to get your Christmas presents, your Christmas list full of stuff, whether it's a toy, a doll, Legos, Lots of Legos, lots and lots of Legos. You want your Christmas presents, and you're hoping. You've been trying to be good all year round, and you're nervous. And some of you kids are nervous. I remember when I was a kid, I was nervous. I didn't know what was going to be under the tree. I don't know if it was going to be socks again like last year. You know, nobody wants, none of us want socks or clothes. We just want the toys. I was nervous. I was wringing my hands, trying to get my parents to shoo them out the, out the bedroom. Come on, Mom and Dad. And No, you can't check the news. No, you can't check the news before you. Let's go open up the presents. I'm nervous. Everyone's nervous. There's tons of anticipation beads of sweat dropping off of my forehead trying to see, well, am I going to get what I want? You're hoping you get what you want. That's one kind of hope. You're hoping. You're, you're wringing your hands kind of hope. I hope I get what I want for Christmas, but you don't really know. But there's another kind of hope. There's another kind of hope. This is the hope that comes when you peek in your Christmas present. When you peek in your Christmas present, 
You guys ever done this? Maybe there's a, there's a part of your Christmas present that's kind of ripped. You see the rip wrapping, and you're like, oh, that's an opportunity right there. And you're a kid. You're like, I'm going to see. You shake it. You know, you shake it. What's in that? Trying to figure it out. And you, you peek inside the wrapping, and you can see it. You can see what you got. Has this ever happened to you? You guys look at me like I'm the only one that's a bad kid. I, was, I did this as a kid. I open up. The, oh, I got what I want. My parents finally got what I wanted. It's not socks, at least this one. And I got what, and you're excited. And so this time, because you've peaked, you go to your parents and you say, let's get up. I'm excited. We have a different kind of, I'm hoping to get what I want. I know I'm going to get what I want. I'm excited. You're not wringing your hands anymore. You're excited with anticipation. You're like, I know what I'm getting. That's another kind of hope. There's two kinds of hope. There's a hope where, oh man, you're wringing your hand. I don't know what I'm going to get. And there's another kind of hope. I've seen what I'm going to get. Now I'm excited about it. I'm hoping for something that I already know I'm going to get. Jesus gives us that kind of hope. Jesus doesn't give us the kind of hope where we're wondering, what's going to happen to me when I die? What's going to happen to me in this life? Am I going to have peace in this life? Jesus gives us the kind of hope that we can know where we stand with him. We know where we stand with him. We know who we are in relation to him. We know that we have hope in Jesus Christ because he has come to us. It's not a hand-wringing hope. It's a hand-raising hope that he gives us. It's a different kind of hope that Jesus gives us. That's the kind of hope we have in Jesus. We are filled with excitement, with joy. We see this in Jeremiah chapter chapter 17, verse number 7. Blessed is the man. You know that word blessed? It means happy. Happy is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Happy is the one who hopes in the Lord. The birth of Jesus represents hope because we know that he brings good news. We, bring, we know that he brings good tidings of great joy to us. And you see this in verse number 10. He doesn't just give us hope. He gives us a certain kind of hope. Look at this. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, watch this, which shall be to all people. So it's not just hope for some of us. It's hope for all of us. It's not just hope for the religious people. It's not just hope for the people who go to church. It's not just hope for the do-gooding people. It's hope for all people. Maybe you say, I don't go to church. God would never accept me. Or I don't believe in that kind of stuff. God would never accept you. There is hope for all of us. God doesn't have tryouts for heaven. He doesn't say... Oh, you went to church your entire life? Okay, you can come on in. You only went to church one? Oh, no, he's not, he's not allowed to enter. Oh, he gave into the offering for the Christmas offering? He's allowed in. Oh, he, she didn't give? They aren't allowed in. Oh, you really have read your Bible? You're allowed in. You're a Lakers fan? You're going down there. You know, Not that kind of... Jesus said... I give hope to all people, regardless of who you are. I give hope to all people, the religious, the non-religious, the believing, non-believing, the broken, the hurting, the imperfect, the people who have messed up, the people who've made mistakes. He gives hope to all people. It doesn't matter who you are, is what Jesus is saying. The angel appears, and we know this. We know this is true because the angel appears to a bunch of shepherds. You know who shepherds were in those days? The shepherds were like the lowest people in society. It was an entry-level level job, shepherding. It was, it was long hours, it was high risk, low pay, hours of boredom. That's the kind of job. Nobody growing up in this time, when asked, what do you want to do when you grow up? Oh, I want to babysit sheep for the rest of my life. Nobody said that. Nobody cared to be a shepherd. And yet, and yet, the angels go to them first. You know why? Because they're saying the hope of Jesus Christ goes to you too. The hope goes to all people. It doesn't matter if you're a king. It doesn't matter if you're a shepherd. And anybody in between, hope for all people. Jesus came to give hope to the forgotten, the outcast, the non-religious, the imperfect. 
Hope for the sinner. Hope for the abused. Hope for the lonely, the hurting, the dying. Hope for all people. Maybe you've heard someone say, well, Christianity, it's too exclusive, right? You've heard that before. It's too exclusive. It's an exclusive religion. You know what the birth of Jesus tells us? It's the exact opposite of that. It's hope for all people, not just some. The angels themselves says it. It is hope for all people. The birth of Jesus Christ is literally the opposite of an exclusive religion. You can't get a religion that allows more people. It includes all people. It is hope for everybody. The birth of Jesus gives us hope. Now look at when it gives us hope. Look at when it gives us hope. You see this verse number 13 and 14? Because you probably thought to yourself, at least some point in your life, you thought to yourself, well, the birth of Je- or, or Jesus Christ, he's the guy who's just the pie in the sky. He gives hope for us one day. He gives hope for people who, you know, they're, they're about to die and they're about to go and they're about to leave this earth. And he gives hope for the people way off. He gives hope for us way off yonder decades and decades from now. That's what we think. Look at verse number 13, 14. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So after the angel told the shepherds about Jesus, a whole choir of angels show up, and in unison they began to sing about the glory of God, but they say something amazing. They say, on earth peace. Not one day there's going to be peace. Not one day you have hope. He's saying, you have hope for today. You have hope for where you are right now. Sitting in this seat, you have hope. You have hope. God didn't just come to save you one day. He came to save you today. He came to give you hope for today. The angels don't sing about things that are unrelatable to us. They don't sing about stuff that's happening in the future. They're singing about what what we have on earth right now. We have hope for today. We've been given hope for where we are right now on this earth. And because we have hope for today, it gives us peace. When the shepherds heard the angels say that they could experience peace on earth, this would have been groundbreaking news to the shepherds. They didn't understand peace in their days. They were a conquered people. The Jewish people were a conquered people at this time. They didn't understand peace. And so when they hear the angels say, and on earth, peace, this is good news. This is hope for them. And, it's, and we need this today. This, this, this is nothing changed over 2,000 years later. We still need peace today. You know why? Because life in this world has a way of stealing our peace. You guys notice that? It's Christmas season, and somehow life and this world and circumstances and stuff has a way of sucking the peace and the hope out of our life, has a way of stealing our peace. You know what it reminds me of? You know what life can kind of be like sometimes, not to be a downer? It can kind of be like the Grinch. Have you guys ever seen the Grinch before? The new one. Have you guys seen the old one, the cartoon? Some of you. Okay, so the Grinch, the whole point of the Grinch is he, he hates Christmas. He wants to steal Christmas from everybody. And I brought a little video with me just so you guys will understand what the Grinch is trying to do. That's what life sometimes does, steals from us, steals, like the Grinch, sometimes life steals hope. We experience problems, bills, loss, shame, crime, divorce, disease. Some things in life, they try to steal from us. Some things in this life, they, they steal our joy, our hope, and our peace. You know why? The birth of Jesus came. You know why Jesus came? You know what the birth of Jesus represents? Jesus giving it back. 
Jesus giving us the hope back. Jesus giving us the, the joy back. Jesus giving us the peace back. He came to give it all back. And you see this in John chapter 10, verse number 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. When we connect our life to Jesus, he gives us a peace that is greater than the problems of this life. This doesn't mean that when you connect your life to Jesus, you won't have problems or pains, but it does mean that those things can't steal your hope anymore. It doesn't mean that those things can't steal your peace anymore. When you have Jesus, you don't need possessions to give you peace, and problems can't steal your peace. You have a peace that passes all things. You have a peace that, that, that passes all understanding. And you see this, you see this, in, actually, you see this in the Grinch. You see how, remember the Grinch, he steals all the stuff. And so they wake up, all the people, they wake up the next morning. Kids, you guys remember this. All the kids, they wake up the next morning, and what do they do? You would think that they'd be all sad, right? Oh, I can't believe everything that's happened. The Grinch stole Christmas. He stole all of our stuff. And all the people in Whoville, all the Whovillians, they gather around the big Christmas tree, and they start to sing that weird song that they sing that none of us can figure out. They start to sing that song. And they celebrate. And the Grinch, he can't figure it out. What's these people's problem? How come they're still celebrating Christmas in spite of me stealing all their stuff? It's because they had something that the Grinch didn't have. And when we have Jesus, we have something that everybody else doesn't have. A peace, a hope, a joy that is unexplainable. A joy that is, that is present in the midst of problems. A joy that is present in the midst of heartache. A peace that is present in the midst of disease. A peace that is present in the midst of problems and unexpected bills and loss. A peace that is present in all times because that is what Jesus brings. And you see this in John chapter 16. These things have I spoken unto you. This is what Jesus is saying. That in me, in Jesus, ye might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. See, that's the peace that we have in Jesus Christ. Peace for today. Hope for today. But let's look back at verse number 11, because it's not just hope for today. We're going to get to this. You guys knew we were going to get to this. Look at verse number 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. So here the angels tell us point blank who this child is. He's the savior of the world. He's the one who came to give us peace on earth. But more importantly than giving us peace on earth, more importantly than giving us something that is temporary, he came, he came to give us something eternally. He came to give us something that lasts. He came to give us something that is eternal, that does not break, that does not rust, that does not corrupt, that does not break down. He came to give us eternal life with him. The birth of Jesus represents hope for eternity. For all those who have experienced injustice in this life, for all those who have seen the worst of humanity, for all those who experience suffer or who suffer through depression and anxiety and worry, Jesus gives us hope that one day we will be with him, that one day he will make all things right, that one day we can spend eternity with him, that one day he will wipe away all the tears and all the sorrow. One day we have hope with Jesus Christ, not a hope that we wonder, not a hand-wringing hope, not a hope that we just, oh, I don't know what's going to happen, a, a knowing hope, a sure hope. For the wages of sin is death, the Bible says in Romans chapter 6. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's what the birth of Jesus represents. Jesus came to save. That's God's gift. You ever, um, you, we all do this. We give gifts, Christmas gifts to people uh, depending on who they are. So let me, let me explain this to you. You're going to give your spouse 
probably the best gift you're going to give anybody this Christmas. You're going to give your spouse, uh, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, Use up a good portion of your Christmas budget on your spouse. At least, hopefully. Some of you guys, tip. You get your wife a good, a good gift. Don't forget to give your spouse a gift. Learn this from example. Don't forget to give your spouse a gift. You have to give, and don't give your wife a treadmill either. That doesn't work. Uh, that's bad news, right? Okay. So, you have to give the best gift to the people who are closest to you. You give your spouse the best gift. Then right under that is your kids, right? You give your kids, you give your kids you know, some of the best gifts. You want to give them the toys they want. You, can, you want your kids to be happy, right? And then underneath of your kids is like the friends that you have, your close friends, your extended family, right? And underneath of that is like your neighbors. Underneath of that is like your coworkers. Near the bottom is your boss. And at the very, very, very bottom is like your mother-in-law, right? Somebody like that. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. It's at the very bottom, you have people that you don't even know. You just don't really give them gifts, right? They get cold. The people that you don't like, you give them cold. But you, you have a, a certain amount of budget for the Christmas gifts, and, and you have to spend it wisely. You know that Jesus gave us a gift as well? Jesus gave us a gift. And, and when, we, when we open up gifts, when we give gifts, we, uh, like I said, we have a certain amount of money we're going to spend. We have a certain amount that we're going to spend on people. When Jesus, when Jesus gave us his gift, when God gave us his gift, he wasn't worried about how much it was going to cost him. When, Jesus, when we open up the gift of Jesus, the Bible says wages of sin is death, but the, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know when we open up the gift of God, you know what that is? You know what that is? It's a little manger. It's Jesus. That's the gift, That's the gift that God's given us. Maybe you think to yourself, That's, how is that a great gift? You see, we spend money on our gifts. You spend maybe $20, $30, fits your spouse, you someone special, you spend hundreds of dollars. Then you give, you have a budget for it. You spend only a certain amount. Jesus, when he came to us, he spent everything. When God gave us the gift of Jesus, he spent it all. Everything on us. He blew out the budget for us. There was nothing he held back. He, we meant so much to him that he gave us himself. That's the best gift anybody could receive, is the gift of a life. That's what Jesus gave to us, and that's why we have hope.